This is Wessler Media. For me, I'm a pastor, and I deal with real people, people just like you every day, people that have a hurt or they have something going on, and they're trying to figure out, how do I deal with this? And I always know Jesus has the answer. He has that next step for you. Let's open up the Word today and see what God will say specifically to you. So have you ever wondered, how can I tell my testimony? I don't even know how or where to begin. I'm Pastor Doyle from the church next door, and I believe that every Christian is called by God to share their testimony of what God has done in their life. So where do we begin with that? Well, we're talking about the real stories of godly people right now. This is our series. It's called Real, and we're looking at Luke. We're going to go on to Abe next week. Abe is for Abraham, and we're going to look at their stories. But did you know that Luke gives us a great method of telling our testimony? He shows us that if you and I will take our life, put it in historical perspective, show people what was going on in the world at the time when we accepted Christ. Let's say you accepted Christ in 2001. Was it before 9-11 or was it after that? See, that you could just tell somebody that little tidbit. You know, it was before the world got shook by the towers coming down, or it was just after that. That makes your testimony real for people. Learn how to tell your testimony. I'm Pastor Doyle from The Church Next Door. This is your next step, and we want to encourage you to get your testimony down and, and make sure it's biblical. So listen as we look at Luke's method for a great testimony. And hey, if you haven't visited yournextstepnow.com, please do. Tell us what God is doing in your life. We'd love to hear from you. The majority of us in this room, we've known the Jesus that heals the broken places in our soul and gives us the courage to continue to deal with our foibles, our faults, and that old nature that really tries to rise up and have its way with us still to this day. We're far from perfect. Like Peter and, and Martha, we know Jesus, but where he's not done with us yet. You know, Martha, she was the one that was so worried about the party details that she missed Jesus. And Peter, he was so, he was so busy being a follower that he lost sight of who he was following and he struck a man with a sword. See, you and I, we need a healer. Luke speaks of healing the most of all the gospel writers. He has more accounts of people being healed, but he doesn't limit healing just to physical healing. He talks about a healing that can impact your soul, cleanse your sins, and give you new life. Powerful picture. We know he's a doctor because in the book of Colossians, Paul speaks of him. Paul's writing the church at Colossae and he says, my team greets you. And he starts listing off all the people on the team. And in the midst of that greeting, he says, our dear friend Luke, the doctor and Demas send you greetings. Now, why is that important? Because in Luke's mind of what it meant to be a Christ follower. It's not a, a single individual that's following God. It's a team of us. We're all working at this together. We're doing life together. We're sharing life 
We're sharing Jesus and we we're all rolling up our sleeves. So how did, how did Luke become a part of the team? Well, it's an interesting story. It says that, that Paul, and he had a team with him at the time. He was part of the team that Barnabas took out. He was part of the team, but somehow in the process, Paul becomes the lead in the team. John Mark is with him, and they make their way to a city called Antioch. See, that's where Luke was from. And in Antioch, they experience a revival. That revival is still impacting your and my life to this day because it was in Antioch that those that followed Jesus were forced, first called Christians. Please know this. It wasn't a compliment. They thought we were crazy. Believing that God would come in the human form and be a Messiah, a, a Christ to save the world, that's crazy. Those Christians are meeting over there. And you and I both know there are still people who feel that way about us to this day. That's okay. It was in that culture, in that city, in Antioch, that Luke first heard the good news of Jesus. And like you and like me, at first he was just a listener. He listened to the gospel and he absorbed it and he began to take it in. Word about all these new Christians that Paul was reaching made its way back to Jerusalem. And they recalled him. They said, Paul, you need to come back. There are too many Gentiles coming to know Christ. And then they have this council in Jerusalem. If you want to read about it, it's all right here. And Luke tells you the story. It's in the book of Acts. And in Acts 15, 16, and 17, it outlines this, this unbelievable story. Paul gets recalled. He's brought before Peter and James, the brother of Jesus, and all the, the top dogs in Jerusalem, you know? And as he explains the story, they come to one conclusion. James, Jesus' brother, is the one that stands up and, and really seals the deal for him. He says, who are we to make it difficult for the Gentiles to come into the kingdom of God? Who are we? The Jerusalem committee comes to the conclusion. They say, don't make it difficult for the Gentiles to enter the kingdom. All they need to know is that Jesus' blood on the cross is enough for them, that he died for them too. And if you're going to give them any instruction, tell them two things. One, don't eat food sacrificed to idols. And do not uh, be involved in sexual immorality. Other than that, don't worry about all the laws. You need to know, they had hundreds of laws. Some of the Jews had, had felt like they wanted to make sure that the law was really met. So they made laws beyond the laws to make sure you never got close to the laws. So that they like build guardrails with guardrails outside the guardrails to protect you. All right? And they gave us two. Well, Paul takes their letter and he runs back to the mission field. He goes to every place he's already been and he says, Jerusalem says that your faith is just as valid as theirs. If you've called upon Jesus to be your savior, to be the Lord of your life, you're just as saved as a Jewish person who was born in a Jewish home, lived all their lives worshiping Yahweh, but you are just as good because you've believed on Jesus. Keep going in the faith. And on this trip, 
He has this ache. Paul has always got this ache. I know this ache. I feel this ache. He says there's one more place that needs to know about Jesus. There's more people that need to know about Jesus. And he's aching to go into Macedonia. And he's been praying. He's like, God, can we go to Macedonia? Please, God, we need to plant a church there. God, we need to reach the people of Macedonia. And God keeps saying to Paul, wait. A new young man comes on his team. His name is Timothy. Paul begins to prepare him as a disciple. And then it says right there in Acts chapter 16, Paul gets a vision. <laughs> and in this vision, he sees a Macedonian man saying, come, come on, come. Paul goes to the team and he says, guys, we got the green light. God says we can go to Macedonia. Huh. And suddenly the language changed in the book of Acts. And it goes from what Paul and Peter and James and John did. And suddenly it says, we. 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 That's my prayer for you. Hear this. It's my prayer for you that you would become part of the we part of the story. How you began to share what Jesus has done in your life and how you participated in the kingdom going out through you. That's my prayer for you. Luke was part of the early church mission team. He was an evangelist. He was probably educated like all the physicians for the 400 years prior to him on, on the proper methods of medicine. And like most physicians, still to this day, he was probably pretty skeptical. When you tell a physician that you put on blue socks and it healed your cold, they're like, yeah, right. Prove it to me. That's the way Luke was when he heard the stories about Jesus. He saw the healed people. He saw the changed lives. And he just had to investigate it. He was a little bit skeptical. And can I say something? If you've been a little bit skeptical of God things, you make a great disciple. Ask your questions. I'm a little bit that way myself. He's the author of the book of Luke and Acts. You realize that he authored 25% of the New Testament. He was a fellow prisoner with Paul, so he wasn't just a hanger-on. He was not just a crowdy. He was fully committed. He was a Gentile, a Greek speaker, and a writer. He is the only Gentile to write part of the Bible. Now, why is that important? That's important because... It pulls you and I in as Gentiles. It means we can be a part of the family. We're just as important. We're viable. But it also reminds you and I that our faith is rooted and established in a tradition that goes well beyond and deep into the Jewish history, and we can never take that lightly. Lastly, he was an adventurous soul of the ancient world. He was part of Paul's shipwreck on Malta. Huh. Imagine that. It tells us the story that they're on a ship, on a ship and it's dashed to the shore. And they, Paul and his team are helping 
the Roman soldiers not drowned. So they're like Baywatch of the Bible? I don't know. Sounds like a, sounds like a sermon for youth group, doesn't it? And, and they're bringing them in, and then they're building a fire, all right? And somehow a viper comes out and bites Paul, and, and everybody's like, he's going to die, he's going to die. We got a doctor there, Luke. Huh. He shakes it off, and they go on. And miraculously, Paul is alive. How can that be? We serve a different master. God had a different plan. People got saved through that. This is why you and I, like Luke, have to tell our testimony. We have to tell what we've seen. If you will tell your story, it will bring other people into the story. That's what he does for us. Listen to what it says in Luke 1. It says, Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things which you have been taught. How did that come about? Well, on one of these journeys with Paul that Luke was on, they go to Jerusalem. A riot breaks out because there are people that do not like Paul inviting all us Gentiles into the faith. He had done more to bring Gentiles into the Jewish tradition than anyone else. And let me tell you, it was stirring things up in Jerusalem. They arrest him. They carry him to Caesarea. And Caesarea is the city by the sea that Herod the Great built. I've taken several of you there. Many of you have traveled with me to, to Israel, and it's one of my favorite places to go to. Because Caesarea by the sea, it, it, it shows us where Paul was held in chains before the most excellent Felix. He was held there for two years. Right here is the foundation of the palace to Herod that later Felix would have used as the governor of that region. It's one of the ways that we know that Paul was an accurate historian because he named the right people. And then we find these ancient governors on Stella and different things. Paul, uh, his life is, is part of the ancient world and Luke records it. And you know what's interesting? He's never, ever been found to be wrong. Now, for years, people used to say, we can't trust Luke. He gives us details that no one else gives. They're, they're, there's no way he's making this stuff up. And then you know what happens? Someone's walking along and they dig up another piece of history. The next thing you know, Luke was right again. Right down to the quotations in the book of Isaiah that were found in the 1948. Let me tell you what. When Luke tells you the certainty of what he knows, this is what happened to him. This is the way I imagine it. Luke is there in Caesarea by the sea. Paul is in chains, his mentor. And he knows that he's headed to Rome and that Caesar is going to see him. And more than likely, it will be off with his head. What can I do? This man has changed my life. He has taught me about Jesus. He, 
He's told me that my life is valuable. My sisters and my mother and everyone that I know has been transformed by the truth of Jesus. And I would have never known it if it wasn't for Paul. And he is here. Luke is here in Caesarea. He is just miles from the hill country. He gets on a horse and he goes up in there and he says, I need to know, is the centurion, the centurion whose servant was healed, is he still alive? The woman by the well, I've got to know. And he went throughout the country investigating all those people. When you and I read the Christmas story, we read it from Luke, I believe with all my heart that Mary was still alive when Luke was there at Caesarea and he ventured up to Jerusalem and he sat with her and he said, you got to tell me, how does a woman give birth to a baby in a barn? That's why you know he was wrapped in swaddling clothes. It's also why he tells you the story of Jesus from all the women that gave birth. The birth of Jesus through, through their mothers. Why? Why is that important? Because doctors know one thing for sure. He can say he's your daddy, but we know who mama is. <laughs> See? When you read Luke, you get someone who has a heart to know the truth and to make sure when you open it, wow, this is the way it really was. When I read it, when I read Luke now, I, I look at Luke and I'm like, he was like an investigative reporter. He was like Dateline. He was like CSI. He had to see it with his own eyes. He had to feel it. And you know what he does? He writes it down for you and I. Why? Because he wants you to know this is real. This is real. This is not people caught up in fantasy. This was not people caught up in, in, the, in the heat of the moment. I went back years later and they told me this is real real. So what should you and I take away from this? I want to give you three things. Number one, I think you should be more like Luke in that you should look at the scripture and know the scripture. I know a lot of people who say they're just skeptical. All right. They're like Luke. They're, they're skeptical, but they never read the scripture. Can I, can I be honest with you? You're not skeptical. You're lazy. <laughs> you're also ignorant. And if you've just been offended, well, you're guilty. See, Luke investigated it. Why? Because he said, I cannot give my life to a sham. I cannot go to prison for a sham. The problem with too many Christians today, they're living a sham. They say they believe, but they're not willing to put all in. See, the, the moment that Paul went from sitting to we, he was all in for the rest of his life. History records that he was in his 80s when he finally passed away. His mentor, Paul, had been executed, but he was still sharing the faith. And he left you and I a model he left us a model for missions that the church has grown on. If we did not have Luke and Acts, the church would not have, have known 
how to pull off what Paul pulled off. Where would we be if this behind-the-scenes man had not participated? Luke gives us a great model of discipleship. This is his model of discipleship. It's simple. It's the same one that Jesus did. It goes something like this. Watch me, then help me, and then I'll watch you while you do it, and then I'll watch you. See, that's what Jesus did. He said, come follow me. And then he said, help me, do this, okay? Then, then Jesus said, okay, you do it, and I'm gonna watch. How did that go when you cast out demons today? Oh, it's cool, cool, cool. And then what did Jesus do? He said, I'm going to heaven now, take over. That's the model for discipleship that we try to apply in this place all the time. Watch and help, and then do. Luke gives us a great method of testimony too. In Acts 1, he says, In my former book, Theophilus, I read about all that Jesus began to do and teach. So what's he saying? In this book, I'm going to tell you what Jesus did after the resurrection. Now, this is why this is important to you and I. And know this clear in your heart. As Christ followers, we believe that when you invite Jesus into your life, when you say, Jesus, I need you, I finally have become honest about the fact that I'm a sinner and I need a Savior, would you come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior from this day forward? When you do that, that's your first step. It's just like AA. You've got to admit you need God. But that doesn't mean it's over. The book of Acts, the book of the New Testament, is always showing you the continual transformed life that God brings after that. Because he, say, he talks about how they were transformed in knowing him. The renewing of your mind. See, God's not through with you just because you said a prayer several years ago or a couple weeks ago. He's working on the character of your heart. Last week, can I tell you how much I love you? I'm so proud of you. Last week, I'm reading the prayer request. And one of you shares an honest prayer. Please keep it up. If it was you. you, you this is the prayer. It says, God, please help me with my mouth. See, just because God has saved you doesn't mean you don't need help with your kids. Doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble in your marriage. Doesn't mean that you're not going to face, gosh, man, last night I, I run out, jump in the, the truck to come to church and it won't start. I'm like, well, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Jennifer, I've got your car now. <laughs> why is that? We're real people. We need a real God. And that's why we're going to do this. Amen. I hope you will read Luke with me. I hope that will inspire you. I hope it will give you a little bit more energy. This is our confession this week. This is what it says. Father in heaven, help me paint a picture of the hope of knowing Jesus as Savior. Help bring to my memory all that you have done. Show me ways to share and disciple others. In Jesus' name, amen. Miss part of the show today and want to hear more? Well, you are invited to download and subscribe to Your Next Step on all major podcasting platforms. When we gather together like this every day, I think it's really important that we, we think about how are we inviting God into this situation. So every day, I want to take a little bit of a moment to pray to ask God to move in our world. So right now, Let's bow our heads and pray for our faith to increase. 
Father, we have a confession today. We have a confession, and that fa- the confession is... Let's start over. Father, we, we have a confession to make today. We, we have a confession that we want to apologize because we haven't always understood faith. We, we know that, that when Jesus taught about faith, he, he compared it to a mustard seed. And he said it would grow into a bush that, that, that would become like a tree and, and birds could live in it. So you, you have an expectation that our faith would be powerful enough to sustain a life, even if it's a small life like a bird. And Jesus, you said that if we had faith, we could move mountains. And, and, and we have to be honest, we've kind of debated with you about whether or not that was a metaphor or what that meant. And yet you were challenging us to think more about our faith. Lord, we know that it is impossible to please you without faith. That's what it says in Hebrews. So today we humbly come and like the father who needed faith for his son to get deliverance, we say, help our unbelief. We say no to all our doubts today, and we say, increase our faith. Take the ways that we've been generous. Take the ways the way we have prayed. Take the ways that we have served you and cause them to be fruitful and multiply. Show us what we need to do today so that our faith might grow, that our doubts might be pruned, and that we might become the followers you intended us to be. Lord, we want to be a people of faith. You said that we would do greater things than you because of what you've given us. So give us more of your Holy Spirit. But Lord, give us the gift of faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Wow, that was so good. Didn't you enjoy that prayer? Well, would you like more help learning to pray? Then go to yournextstepnow.com. That's right, yournextstepnow.com. Give us your email and we'll give you our free prayer guide. It's an ebook. You can download it. You'll have it right there. And you can join us daily as we learn to pray. We ask God for great things. You know, it will change your life to pray daily. And we need your help. We need your support, your prayer support. So give us your email today at yournextstepnow.com. This has been Your Next Step, a ministry of the church next door in Columbus, Ohio. We hope this has been an encouragement to you as you seek to have a deeper faith in Christ. If you'd like to hear today's show again or share it with a friend, look for your next step on all major podcasting platforms. We'd love to see you soon at the church next door. Easily find our service times and our app. I'm Pastor Doyle Jackson. Join us again next time for your next step. I believe you're going to find people that have a genuine love for God and a genuine zeal for the truth. You don't have to dress super fancy. It's so lively and it's so much fun and just you leave like, oh, so refreshed. And I know I keep saying family, but that's what this place is for me. It's family. I'm Doyle Jackson, pastor of the church next door. People keep telling me how good it is to worship God together again. Well, Come join us. Visit us online at thechurchnextdoor.org. Stories are a way we relate to one another. It's hard to underestimate their importance. Wessler Media is here to help you preserve those stories that you hold dear. We'll produce a personal podcast, an audio scrapbook that will preserve those memories for generations to come. 
Get in touch today. Call toll-free or text 1-833-38-STORY, 1-833-38-STORY, or visit wesslermedia.com. That's W-E-S-S-L-E-R media.com. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-Media.com.